Uh, welcome back to the Am I the Asshole, the podcast. We got very exciting news. Uh, that's always, our podcast already we got, exists. We got... Sh- shut up. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> Shannon, of course. My uh, my plucky co-host and then uh, <laughs> Nitro. Plucky. <laughs> I can't, I can't think of that. Sounds like an insult. Yeah. It, it does kind of sound like an insult, right? Um, I can't defend what I say. I can just say it. Um, it's okay. I'll be plucky. Well, you're saying this, she looks like week, plucky duck from Tiny Toons? This week, we are discussing, of course, the the new the newest uh, trending Twitter topic Water about down the hole. the the la- the lady who didn't feed her wedding guest. You guys hear about this? This is all over. All oh over yeah, talks, because over, I did not all wait. All over the tweets. Because okay, of Disney let religion. me tell the story. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. tell I'm going to tell this wonderful story. Now, now, Shannon, you're a married lady. I am. And you had a wedding. No, actually, we didn't. Yeah, see? good, Smart. Good way to go. <laughs> so, 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 now, this, this Am I the Asshole post, it, it dropped, and it left out a lot of detail. So, the original Am, Am, Am I the Asshole post was basically like, hey, we got married, my parents gave us $6,000 to cover the catering, and instead, Mike, what did they spend that on? A trip to fucking Disney. No, they didn't. No, 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 they didn't. Huh? Is this not the same one? <laughs> so no. Instead, they spent the six thousand dollars on two half-hour sessions where they invited Mickey and Minnie Mouse in costume to the day before uh, do f- pictures with them and have a nice little lunch. <laughs> And the day of to come and dance with them during their first dance as a married couple. Close enough. So that was instead of spending that money on the catering. Now, of course, they spent other money on the catering, right? No, but they did note in the invitation that the venue has lots of food options. Now, it was left out of the Am I the Asshole post exactly like what venue has a lot of food options and it has ready access to both Mickey and Minnie Mouse in full costume. Can you take a wild stab at that? Disney Resort. So I did some research. I'm doing research. Now, you know, Shannon, you spent a grand total of $0. I'm sure well, there was some licensing fees. There's right. some there's there always was licensing like, fees. Um, a total of $25. Right. Now I I'm a frugal asshole, so I'm, I'm, my wedding is probably going to be like in the basement of a Hardee's. Wait a minute, wait. And that's the way I prefer it. It was only $25? What about the cost for Photoshop? Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Now, they do have, now they do have a range of of how much this total is going to cost, but let's just talk about the venue. The cheapest venue you could get, this is an anime podcast, by the way, so you can go and you can get, have your wedding on one of their, like, like fancy resorts for $3,500, okay? Uh, Now, you can have it in front of the Pandora, the world of Avatar, that's right, um... That's only five bucks, 75, right? Five seventy-five hundred dollars. There's no way. That's or too you much. Can have, 
<laughs> you can have your wedding uh, after hours in the Magic Kingdom, after the park closes, for $30,000. Right? So a, a wedding at Walt Disney World will range somewhere between $7,500 and fifty grand. Uh, now, so that means that they made they had a destination wedding they made people go to walt disneyland they made them go into the park i mean you could have your wedding in the park but i don't i don't know if they let you like do you still have to buy a ticket to get in the park i bet you do i don't know if that's like included I, yeah, or I if no it wasn't idea. included they probably escort you out right afterwards if you didn't buy a ticket uh then you know they get you know you dress up for that wedding they bring a bunch of gifts and you know what the more expensive the wedding seems i adjust how much money i'm going to give the couple right especially like oh it's a disneyland wedding give a little more probably going to get some like uh going to get some dole whip as part of this treat uh they sit down all right and there's no food and then mickey and minnie mouse come out dance for you and then you're told to go to a fucking food cart and fend for yourself. Ooh, damn. Uh, this is what I did today instead of work, is I just researched uh, this and got all these numbers for everybody. However, the... Uh, How about the, you just don't Pandora, hold a fucking the, wedding? <laughs> the Pandora, the world of Avatar uh, wedding venue does actually look very nice. So, um, hang up. So, why did they post on Am I the Asshole? Did, did their guests come back to them and say oh, something? Oh, I'm sure. So, they said... <laughs> they said a, a month and a half later, their the, the woman's aunt on social media like made some kind of post. Was like disappointed how she was treated at the wedding, and then a bunch of her guests joined in. Was like, yeah, it was bullshit. Uh, yeah. That's insane. That is absolutely insane. Now, now remember, that's not just that they've spent six thousand dollars to have Mickey and Minnie come to the wedding. It was that was only twenty seven hundred dollars. The other rest of the money was spent to have a private photo session with Mickey and Minnie, where they also had a nice lunch with Mickey, Minnie, and the photographer. Now they got to eat, but their guests they did not. Um, now, of course, on Twitter, this burned like this huge argument about um, what is a proper like are Disney people like f- freaky and and should they be shunned? Which I'd say. Uh, mostly. Now, this also was the wedding between two YouTube anime personalities. Oh, um, for this weekend. Sake. <laughs> and I wanted to segue to this because, um, so it was a one hundred percent traditional wedding. It was it, they live in Japan, but they flew to Britain to have the wedding. They, uh, everything was very lovely, and the it just was kind of sparkled with anime aesthetic. They had like themselves as a uh, in their wedding dress and suit getting married as uh anime characters in the in the front. Everyone got custom postcard with a note from them with anime artwork on them of them. Either it was Evangelion or Aremo themed. Other than those two things, it was a perfectly normal wedding. Now, in conclusion, wait 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 this wait, is wait, what wait, I wait 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 wait. Wait, what two anime? Huh? What two uh, anime well, things? It, it was the it was two anime that meant a lot to the couple. Oh no no no! But what was the second one? <laughs> it was uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. It was, uh, no, what was the anime one? from the nineties with giant robots. Wait, no what? no no! Huh? What was the second anime? <laughs> The second one? Uh, it was uh, Oremo. Oh, you mean my little sister can't be this cute? 
Um, I believe that would be the The light novel where brother and sister (laughs) end up getting married? So my conclusion here is that (laughs) anime anime dweebs... Did he marry his sister then? His little sister? uh, Did not. Uh, Anime dweebs are are more considerate and less of an asshole than Disney dweebs. And, And... I uh, I will rest my case. Well, hold on. I want to say something. Disney fanatics freak. I've always freaked me out. There are so many problematic things with Disney over overall. I they just brush everything under the rug, and it is even more baffling when it's somebody who is part of a marginalized group. I'm like, do you realize what you are like fan like standing over? Like they kind of never cared about you. Well, I mean, it's it is it's corporate worship at its absolute worst. Oh yeah, um, but I, yeah, I don't want to say it, anything specific bad. because I have a lot of friends online. But but you know, Could you know fall of into some, it. you know of some that specifically uh, <laughs> that you were calling out right here. Uh, I'm not gonna comment. I'm not gonna comment at all. Sorry, I can't comment. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be right. Um, I uh, I won't. I won't. I won't press you. However, um, I would say something off recording, but I'm not saying anything on recording. <laughs> okay, that's fine. How you doing, Nitro? I am good. Drinking rum for once. How about that? Uh, yeah, you're typically a beer person. Like mm-hmm. you don't really hit the hard alcohol that often. No, but uh... I think there was one time you opened a bottle of wine, and we all got concerned. <laughs> <laughs> that did happen. So a friend of mine has given me various things of rum, either like some left in actual bottles, or he has like these little five ounce bottles, two to five ounce bottles that uh, he uh, uses like if somebody wants a sample of something. So he sent me home with some. And I've been trying stuff from this place called Puerto Rico Distillery out of Frederick, Maryland. And their rums tend to be super smooth, so there's not a lot of alcohol bite, which I'm not a big fan of. I don't like drinking and just being like, ah, fucking birds um now the one i'm drinking tonight has more alcohol bite bite than the others it's a pineapple rum but they have a coconut chai that's fantastic um their traditional is great and what was the other one i tried oh, i've tried their coffee but everything i've had from them has been really good so i ended up going to a farmer's market this weekend and buying two small bottles one pineapple one almond and then a large bottle of their traditional Kind of changing it up a little, so I'm not drinking a whole beer every night. I take it because it's Puerto Rican distillery, they go for, like, tropical flavors? Mm, no. They have, um, pineapple is, like, the only tropical one. They have a coconut, coconut chai, almond, coffee, and then they have traditional and, a, and their original. I think the original is the only one I haven't bought yet or tried. But they've been really good. Um, if anybody's in the Maryland area or if they distribute outside of it, I highly recommend checking them out. If you're like me and don't want like the uh, super harsh alcohol bite or burn that some drinks have, I was expecting more pineapple in this. It doesn't really have it. It's there, but it's not as strong as some of the other ones I've had that had well, uh, I other mean, flavors. You can't. It can't be just like pineapple soda. Right? No, no, no. But like the coconut chai is like bursting with both flavors without being like overbearing either. Um. But yeah, so I started uh, sipping on that here and there. That's good. I'm, uh, I stick with my just straight up, straight up whiskey when I when oh, I, go for something I can't do whiskey. Can't do it. 
Oh, you know what, Scott? This is so funny that you posted about or that you talked about that anime wedding because so uh, this is a kind of a a, a weird tangent that I'm going to go on right now. So Webtoon, um, they have a contest right now called the call to action contest. And I made a bit of a rant yesterday uh, on Uh Twitter about how I am extremely disappointed uh, seeing other fellow creators punch down and basically um, talk shit and talk negatively about their fellow creators Mm. who have entered this contest. And um, I have a friend who is doing very, very well in the contest. And this friend has been a target for a lot of trash talking and so I you know I have come to her defense because she does not deserve it because she has worked very hard to get to where she is and there was a specific individual in a discord yesterday that was talking smack about said friend and after doing a little bit of research this said person enjoys spamming their contest entry to pretty much everywhere and everyone on Twitter and on social media in general. And ironically enough, they posted on this couple's wedding post that you posted that you were talking about to check out their oh, webcomic. You, <laughs> so, <laughs> did you just happen to see that there? Uh, No. Uh, I did not just happen to see that. I am actually um, discussing this issue in another Discord. And it just kind of was funny um, that this is just kind of like two worlds colliding right now. (laughs) And I just thought that was very strange. (laughs) But it just goes to show you how small this world is connected. That's true. That's true. Also how kind of, you know, petty people can be right exactly (laughs) like Like, you know this couple is posting their wedding photos and then this person's like hey you should check out my webcomic like don't do that please don't do that people that's how you get blocked oh i block people all the time i also report them for using uh the reply function to spam i'll report somebody quick i don't give a shit but anyway so yeah it's fucked up oh Oh, i wanted to put out there that my webcomic anime expo uh is featuring a uh music artist that is a well-known racist and isn't making comments about it <laughs> wait what Who, they still, what? wait are they still so there he's this person's still on the schedule as of yesterday yes wow uh is a somebody named none like joshua i believe it is yep um yeah and they're not commenting on it so fuck anime expo well i mean for shit fuck so, anime expo. so to give you to give you some background on this, a very good friend of mine is in the nerdcore rap community, and probably about a month or so ago, uh, this this nun like Joshua guy got you know really defensive about something that he did in the past, and you know he's known for saying slurs and words that he should not be saying in he's his ableist. music. Uh, he's you know he was making fun of people with mental illnesses disabilities and it's just not he's not and he does not seem like an all-around particularly nice individual 
So the nerdcore community came out and basically condemned him. He posted up this lengthy, you know, too long didn't read apology letter that really wasn't an apology. And um, so, yeah, so a lot of people were really surprised to see that Anime Expo put him in the musical lineup. And, you know, I hope that they see what I hope they see the community's messages calling this guy out and they they adjust their schedule accordingly well anime i mean anime expo typically has like a, the big events like that as ticketed so i mean if they can make money off of it i don't think they're gonna be saying anything mm, i don't know this this what this guy has said and done in the past is pretty bad so um, but he has been guests at a lot of he uh, has, a lot of big cons but not recently well, I mean, have there been conventions recently? Well, you know what I mean. I know what you mean. I know what you, But in uh, 2019, he was guest to Anime Weekend Atlanta, Crunchyroll Expo, uh, Anime Expo, um, and then a couple more, a couple smaller ones. But yeah, some big cons. And I've, it's weird. It's also weird how I, I can, you know, he can be guests at these huge cons. Right. And I have never well, I just heard think, of them. I just, I think Anime Expo probably so the, the the controversy and the twitter uh drama that went down with him a while back really wasn't that long ago and i'm sure anime expo probably had him signed up to perform at the time yeah and just are they might genuinely be unaware i'm sure they're probably aware now they might not be able to say anything about it at this moment in time until they get it all situated and all figured out those contracts have something always so written in there I, for I problems it. i get it but anime expo at the end of the day is a business and they're going to approach things like this as We've, a i've seen their lineup they'll be okay without this one race oh, absolutely <laughs> they will be okay that's the funny that. thing it's like it's like Y'all not saying anything looks worse because y'all don't need this dude. Yeah, for sure. He's actually no longer on the list for on uh, AnimeCons.com. It's not listed him as Anime Expo. Huh, interesting. I'm just saying that they, even if they dropped him, they need to address it. At least put yeah, out a statement being I mean, like, hey, we didn't know this. Y'all brought it to our attention. We dropped him. He is no longer on, he is not on the guest list for Anime Expo presently. He'll probably still be there, they just won't advertise him. He's not on the full maybe. guest list, but um, maybe they dropped him? I don't know. I think maybe they, they might have silently dropped him. How is Iron started. Mouse going to be there? Oh, wait, CL Concerts? Let's see. It's got to be under Concerts. Performances? This is good, good, good content. They ain't got shit. No, this... Ain't, uh, yeah, there's nothing here. So I guess we get only go by the guest list, so it's possible that they... Have yeah, I don't see, outside of them. Steve Aoki, I don't see even, like, uh, Demon, what's her name? I don't know. Like, Slushy, they got some people on there. Oh, it's not because everybody. he's at the Beer Garden performance, so oh. he's not in the actual con. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how Iron Mouse is going to be at Anime Expo. She's yeah, a VTuber that, um, has, like... A pretty bad health issue, and doesn't usually leave oh, her house. Really? So my thing is, is she? She's great to watch, by the way. If anybody, she's a lot of fun to watch. But she did like some marathon for like thirty days straight. Like she just fell asleep on stream. Um, <laughs> well, she'll probably be virtual then. If she's that's what I'm wondering. I just want her to stay safe, especially yeah. with everything I'm going I'm on. I'm sure that if she's a VTuber, yeah. then she'll probably be doing something virtually. Yeah, I hope so. 
but wow we started this shit off with some drama yep. want to go so much drama. so much drama have y'all been up to anything besides me because y'all didn't fill out an outline Oh, well, I, I you yeah. know, I got nothing. Let's talk about your crap bullshit. Unless you got something else, Shannon. I do oh, have something. So I got, oh, I, I, got, have, so I got two things. Um, one, I start my new job next Monday. Hype. So I'm really excited about that. And then my mom texted me today. She officially bought a house in Florida. Awesome. <laughs> so that's good news there. Um, but yeah, those are two, two really positive things happening. Nice. I'm glad things are going well. And then, you know, let's we can move on to the um, the movie that was Crab Goalkeeper. Yes. Um, so this movie, Crab Goalkeeper, uh, was from 2006. And it is a uh, Japanese film. I'm trying to say this. Uh, damn it. The Wikipedia keeps coming up as uh, Japanese. But it's so it's I'm going to read the description. It's the epic story of a giant crab who washes ashore, befriends a boy, finds love, and becomes a sports legend. The film has been described by the director Minoru Kawasaki as being like Forrest Gump, but with a crab. Uh oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're going to need a letter for that one because, boy, that is a stretch. Oh my so this, God. The crab uh, shows LBJ as his asshole. Is that what you're saying? It so this movie starts with the crab on the beach getting beat up. This giant crab. This boy saves the crab. The crab comes to live with him. His dad's like, we could sell this crab for a dinner and make a lot of money. Um, the crab runs away. Gets caught by like a yakuza boss. Starts working at a host club <laughs> before they realize he can blow bubbles and he becomes part of the uh, soapland job. <laughs> the same mafia so he's just blowing bubbles for the girls to bathe clients <laughs> um the boy finds him they're reunited crab meets uh, a crab crab connie meets a, a woman yeah meets a woman who's uh super unlucky and very gullible uh keeps getting taken by scams um then eventually becomes a goalkeeper for a soccer team in the last like 20 minutes of the fucking movie <laughs> yeah that was so weird because like i thought it was gonna be like one of those things where it was like you know he's gonna become the goalkeeper right off the bat and it didn't happen until nearly the end the end of the movie and i was like what the f why is it called crab a real goalkeeper <laughs> a real rudy like story huh totally, let me yeah, tell you yes this movie is kind of a melodrama <laughs> in a weird way it's just fucking ridiculous. Because um, I don't think everything is truly meant to be funny. But it is because it's a fucking person in a giant crab suit. <laughs> and the at the end, oh my god, the end when the rival team starts beating him up in the middle of the yeah. field. They rip his shell in the back. And they, you know, like, I, if you ever eat crabs, I don't know. I don't, like I, well, I was gonna I say, you it, and I hate you it. and I, as like you and I grew up in you know the area where crab was like yeah. you know Chesapeake Bay. That's you, you eat crabs. Yep. So when you open up I the don't. crab shell, there's something that we call like the crab mustard. It's basically the guts, and it's like this goopy, like orange brownish colored tint. Yeah. So when when the rival team <laughs> starts beating up the crab, they rip the back of his shell up. 
and they start tossing him up in the air, and all of his guts just start flying around, and it just it's just the <laughs> So how they save him is the Yakuza boss shows up. Uh, no, is it the Yakuza boss or the the yakuza boss yeah he has a change of heart and brings in premium miso to replace the crap guns (laughs) and starts dumping like slopping this stuff into the back of this crab and then it's a happy ending the crab finishes the game wins and falls in love with a japanese woman not another crab a japanese woman yeah so i'm really sad we didn't see any crab babies crab 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 I wanted to babies. see crab human babies or human <laughs> crab babies. I wanted to see something there. It was stupid. It was fun to watch. It is definitely a group watch. I don't recommend watching this solo. But if you have a group of people to watch it with and laugh at. Um, it makes me want to watch this guy's other movies like Executive Koala. The Calamari Wrestler. Uh, <laughs> just to name a couple. I feel I feel like I'm having a fever dream right now. Dude, it's, it's kind of... In- it's really interesting. <laughs> It's one of the stupidest things I've ever watched. It's, it's, yeah, you gotta be either really drunk or really high to watch this yeah. movie and, and appreciate it for what it is. <laughs> I, I, and I had been out drinking that day, so it worked. Um, oh, the only, the only last thing I have to talk about is I signed up for a new, or not new, but it's been around for a year or two, I believe. I've signed up for a streaming service called Wrestle-Universe. It streams Japanese pro wrestling. And I signed up so I could watch Tokyo Joshi Professional Wrestling, which is an all-female professional wrestling association. Um, It's all about, like, basically all the girls kind of have, like, cute uh, gimmicks and stuff like that. They do truly wrestle. They do have a couple, like, comedy matches, uh, usually in the beginning of each show. But me and a friend have been watching that. And... A lot of the shows open up with three of them performing in the ring. Like an idol group. <laughs> it's fucking wonderful. I fucking love it. Um, it's weird, though. Because of the pandemic, all the Japanese wrestling associations have stopped, like, wrestling chants and cheering and stuff uh, because of COVID. So that seems difficult to do. It's... But it feels so traditional J- Japanese now watching it because literally after move sets happen and like a pin happens or near fall happens, they just clap and all you hear is clapping at the end of like every three four wrestling moves. I was like, man, this is we this is interesting because here the fans are still just going nuts and over in Japan it's just like this nice polite clap <laughs> at the end of every move set. Um, but I've been having fun with that. Um, it's something easy because it's not usually subtitled. They did have English commentary on one of their like pay-per-view sized events. Um, but for the most part, just something I put on while I'm doing something else and watch the matches, read some manga or stuff. It's really, it's pretty fun. It's super cute. Um, and some of the uh, wrestlers have been featured in all elite wrestling over here in the U S and Maki fucking Ito is in TJPW, and that's why everybody should watch. Um, because she is like a failed idol that cusses and flips people off. She's great. Sounds like my kind of woman. Yeah, I posted her in the chat for this. <laughs> She's fantastic. 
So, so I have seen I have seen a lot of memes of her specifically. Yeah. Like when she was in AEW, the other gif I posted, she goes, Surprise motherfuckers <laughs> Comes into the locker room. It was great. Okay, we're thirty minutes in. We need to move we need to We move. do. We, we need do to need move to move, and but groove. I, I think nah, we got I think we just hours. Need... we're good. Nah, no. We just yeah. need I just want to make sure that we talk about one important thing. Hold on, we got another um, two hours. Isn't this the preview show? Fuck off. Fuck you know off. I don't do that God shit. God damn it. You know I don't do that shit, maybe. We'll see you next time. You'll um, be there because every time I say I'll find somebody else, you're like, no, I'll be there. Uh <laughs> One Piece has entered a hiatus. So now, yeah. to catch so, up on all 900 episodes, go. Yeah. So <laughs> if you're behind. You have one month to, <laughs> you have one month to catch up uh, before it enters its final arc. Can you even finish all the episodes right now in one month? Uh, all the episodes? No, Look, I put, no. I put in a search, and it says how long to watch. The very first result is One Piece. 333 hours and 30 minutes. D- <laughs> Yeah, you could do that in a month. Yeah. Can you sleep, though, while doing that? Yeah. A little bit. I guess let's the better say, question is, can you read it all in a month? Let's say 334 hours divided by 24. 13 days. 14 days to finish. If you don't sleep. Uh, so that's actually... It's actually pretty pretty monumental. Like, the most popular... Most popular shonen jump... Uh, you know, series and yeah. the best-selling manga, like con- almost, almost uh, exclusively, but definitely consistently, consistently for the last you know fifteen twenty years. So uh, just to watch the to, to watch everything, this includes the movies, OVA shorts, and specials. Let's say you sleep eight hours a day; it's still going to take you just under tw- twenty-one days if you watch if you spend sixteen hours a day watching One Piece. Well, then uh, you're probably much better off uh, reading it, which it's only right now 102 Tonkabon. So start reading. Do you have enough shelf space for that, Nitro? Nope. Actually, I probably do. That is a lot. Shannon? Oh, no, I definitely have. You... No, I have enough shelf space because I have all 38 volumes of Negama up on one of the shelves, and then I still have plenty of room. I have room. I've tried to start One Piece, and then after like three episodes, I gave up because I knew that it just... I would never catch up, ever. It took me 20 years to watch what we're going to discuss today. So what makes you fucking think that I'm going to ever finish One Piece? <laughs> Shannon, what are we talking about today? Well, <laughs> today we are going to be discussing the lovely film, My Neighbor Totoro. Yes. So I guess I'll, um, <clears throat> shall I kick it off? One of, yeah, one of the most consistently like popular and critically acclaimed anime movies of all time that you have apparently never bothered to I watch. am, in fact. In its glorious 90 minutes. A terrible anime fan. <clears throat> so, here we go. My Neighbor Totoro is a 1990, or 1988 Studio Ghibli film written and directed, obviously, by Hayao Miyazaki. And... Again, you know, I chose this movie for my pick this week because it's a film that I have put on the back burner, like I said, for nearly two decades at this point. And I figured it was probably time for me to scratch it off my list of things to watch. And I kind of took a note from Scott's book because of, you know, 
the the last big movie we watched was The Wind Rises. So I figured Ugh. let's uh, let's let's keep the theme going here. So if you're like me and and have never you know have been living under a rock when it comes to this movie, <laughs> the premise is the movie takes place uh, in what is seemingly the boonies. Uh, countryside in 1950s Japan. 11-year-old Satsuki Kusakabe, I think I pronounced that right, and her extremely freaking annoying sister, four-year-old May, move in with their father, a university professor, into a house in order to be closer to the hospital where their mother is staying. And as Scott likes to put it, suffering from anime-wasting disease. Now, I don't think they ever really come out and say... With her, her five head. Let's not forget uh, that. I, whatever. Um, I don't think she had a five head, but... Oh, my God. Crazy. So, I don't think they ever really come out and say what her sickness in the movie is, but I'm going to go out on the limb here and probably say that the mother was suffering from tuberculosis because Miyazaki enjoys when women suffer in his stories. I mean, it's just facts. Misogynist. <laughs> Well, but also the majority of Miyazaki's protagonists are also women, so there's kind of a bad selection bias going on there as well. Not that I'm defending defending the crazy old man. So when the girls first move into the house, May, the younger one, has her first encounter with spirits, which are small soot sprites. Who have, <clears throat> who basically took over the house while no humans were living there, and this is it's it's a cute little scene where they're you know she's running around and you know she's trying to catch the little soot sprites and it's it's a very cute and very endearing scene. That's actually one of the more iconic moments too when she yeah. claps. The, oh yeah, the it's 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 very cute. Um, and this is the same time when they uh, meet my personal favorite character in the movie, yeah. uh, Granny. I love Granny. Well, real quick, I gotta ask, because you were talking about the suit sprites. Do they call them suit sprites in the dub? I don't think so. Okay, because they call them suit spreaders uh, in the subtitle, and I was wondering if I they changed you know, that for the uh, so dub, the, because they tend to sometimes make it easier I, to understand. I'm not, I don't recall. The fa- the only or was reason it Dust why, Bunnies? I can't remember. The only reason why the I call father... them... Good refers to them as soot gremlins and then the granny refers to them as soot sprites okay in the in that i watched the modern uh i did watch the modern uh four kids um not four kids g kids dub so did you watch the one with the fanning sisters who voiced the two sisters dakota and l no, no that is the dis this this disney dub there's okay. there's three dubs there's the the original fox dub there's the disney dub and then there is the new i don't think i've uh, ever watched the uh, the disney dub i've that, seen okay. the original and i assume the g kids one is the one i saw in theaters in 2017 or 18 the disney one is the one that i watched and actually it wasn't too bad it was pretty it was pretty good um, <clears throat> so where was I? Oh yeah, Granny. I liked Granny. So, back to the story. When Satsuki is at school one day, May has another encounter with two smaller Totoro rabbit-like spirits who she ends up following into the brush and eventually falls down a tunnel and into the den of the larger sleeping Totoro. And that's when we see Totoro for the first time. He's freaking snoring his ass off. 
May eventually crawls on top of him, pokes around on him, and then falls asleep. <clears throat> and when she wakes up, she finds that she's alone and she's no longer in Totoro's den. So, I guess my understanding from the movie, I don't know if it's explained better in, you know, the other dub or the subtitle, but Totoro is essentially like the spirit of the forest. Yeah, pretty much. My understanding? Okay. Unless you go into the weird conspiracy theory of he's actually a death god. Oh my god! Okay, we'll have to save that for but then, later. But then you have to then you have to ignore all of the uh, the the establishing Shinto uh, religion stuff that they do in the first in the first five minutes, and that would just be crazy. And Miyazaki right. and Ghibli's already come out and been like, "No, that's not no. It's right. just a freaking kids movie." <laughs> yeah, it's just a kids movie. Come on, so. When Satsuki sees Totoro uh, for the first time, uh, they are waiting for their father at a bus stop one night in the pouring rain. And honestly, this is probably, to me, this is probably the most famous scene um, from the movie and the one that I associate most with Miyazaki films um, is when Satsuki offers her umbrella to to Totoro and he kind of returns, gives her a seed that the girls end up planting. Um... And when they do, they get frustrated when they can't seem to get it grow. And that's kind of a cute scene, too, because they're, they're so obsessed with it. <clears throat> and then one night, they wake up to see Totoro and his small and the smaller Totoros um, dancing around it, uh, the area where the seed was planted. And this is when it started to lose me. So the tree itself starts to grow rapid rapidly. And next thing you know, Totoro takes the girls on, like, this magical flying journey on top of a spinning thing. And he's, like, growling and yelling into the night. (laughs) I'm sure there's, like, some kind of hidden message or important meaning that was supposed to be conveyed in the scene. But to be honest, don't ask me what it was because I was too drunk to fully comprehend what the hell was happening in the movie. (laughs) I couldn't figure out whether or not, like, the girls were dreaming is that something they were dreaming? I don't know. So the the, the fact that the, the fact that you did come to that question is exactly the point. Okay, interesting. So yeah. the story actually starts to go somewhere when the girls find out that their mother can no longer leave her hospital to visit them in their new house as planned because she has a minor cold. So the girls are freaking out. They think something's really wrong, and. The sisters have an argument and May ends up deciding that she was going to walk the several mile journey to the hospital to see their mother and make sure she's okay. May doesn't tell anybody. So when Satsuki realizes that her sister is gone, she panics and the entire town goes out and searches for May. Yeah, and, and so the, the, I think the important thing about that scene is that like the distances involved aren't really that great right mm-hmm. but we're in where you are in super rural farmland where you know what you know one wrong turn in the forest and you're you're basically lost forever yeah the um because it's i think what granny says is or what they say is like an, an adult couldn't walk that in could do we take an adult three hours so what are we talking about i mean they were talking about like seven to ten miles maybe if that Right. It was definitely not a short walk by any stretch of the imagination. So 
When Tatsuki realizes her sister's gone, oh, I, I said that. So they're panicking. They are looking for her, and Satsuki gets um, desperate. So she eventually finds herself going to the big tree um, and asking Totoro for help. And he, of course, happily obliges and he summons ta-da, the cat bus, which is the creepiest fucking thing, <laughs> I think, in any of Miyazaki's films. And the cat that bus. That thing is freaking adorable. I think it's creepy. So, Catbus takes Sasuke straight to May. And, you know, it's a lovely reunion scene and it's very emotional and yada, yada, yada. So, the two of them decide that they want to go, they still both want to go see their mother in the hospital. Um, so, Catbus takes them to the hospital and they're sitting up in a tree and they're watching their mother from afar and both are relieved to find that she is in fact okay and not dead and uh that's pretty much the end of the story and you know, now during the, the the closing credit scene you can see that the girl's mother does eventually visit them in the new house but i'll be honest with you the ending gave me a bit of a whiplash because i was actually finally getting into it and i felt i i felt like I had just gotten dropped off a cliff. <laughs> Emotionally gotten dropped off a cliff. Because I wanted to, I just, I don't know, I, I wanted a little bit more from it. And that's, I just feel like, ultimately, yes, the, 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 the movie is called My Neighbor Totoro. And Totoro is a figure that everybody correlates to Miyazaki films and everything. And you think it's, he's this huge, important character, but... I found that Totoro was, he didn't really do anything <laughs> in the movie. Like, there was no, I don't know. It, it just, it, it didn't feel like the character was, like, incredibly important. Obviously, Satsuki and Mei are the important characters and the family dynamic and their journey and their adventure and stuff like that. But I don't know. I was just kind of ultimately disappointed in the movie. But that's just me. You are wrong. <laughs> Your opinion is wrong. But this see, that's is the best Mia... Miyazaki film uh, ever made. I don't know about that. 100% no cap. Mm, I don't know about that. I still Go think... Ahead. Go ahead, Nitro. Yeah. Why is this the best Miyazaki movie ever made? Oh, because it's the first one I ever saw. And it was just nostalgia. <laughs> it's all nostalgia. Um, I don't... I don't think it it's up to snuff compared to like Spirited Away, and I mean I know it's from 1988. I get it, and then Spirited Away is much much further in the future. But so I've been doing I, some research so people don't come at us. There are only two dubs of Totoro: the Fox dub and the Disney dub. I have no idea which one is on the G Kids release. I've been trying to figure that out, and I can't find anything that specifically says. Uh, which dub is on the G-Kids release. It's been driving me crazy. Also, I recently read, I'm not sure where I read it, but I recently read that when they originally were going to try to dub the movie, they wanted to change Totoro, like, to, like, My Neighbor Kevin or some It was <laughs> some my, my Neighbor Joe Toro. Wait, what? Yep. My Neighbor, my neighbor Joe, Toro. Joe Toro. What the fuck? They also wanted to remove the uh, bath scene. Uh, Miyazaki oh. came back and said, hell to the no. Um, I was informed that Miyazaki, um, I'm, I need to find out if this is true. Miyazaki 
sent something to uh, I don't know if it was this movie or another one of his movies. Something you, you to Harvey to Weinstein. Princess Mononoke. Princess Mononoke. When yeah. he sent the Japanese blade to the katana to Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein wanted to make some edits to Princess Mononoke, is, yeah. and yeah, the producer at Studio Ghibli sent him a, a katana in, in in response. Yep. Like try it in order to symbolize no no cuts. Um. So I I want to just say I kind of I watched this movie in Japanese and sub for the first time. I probably have seen the English dub. Um, I've definitely seen the original Fox dub many times. Um, and watching it in Japanese with English subtitles, honestly, the American dubs have done a fine job. I didn't feel like watching the Japanese with subs in this case made the movie feel like, oh, this is how the voices were meant to be. No, they kind of matched up. They did a good job. Like, the dubs really did a well job with this, with uh, translating it over with the right voices. So I was really impressed watching the subtitle going, huh, yeah, May's just as fucking annoying in Japanese as she is in English. Yeah, she's really annoying. I was not a fan of her character. I mean, she had her charming moments, but... But I she's think... supposed to be that way. Yeah, she's supposed to be the annoying little sister, and I get it. So they did a good job writing her in that yeah. sense. Because she was, like, annoying as shit, but not in, like, God, get this character off screen. I was like, God, she's such an annoying sister. Um, personally, like I said, this is my favorite Miyazaki film. It's probably nostalgia, just because, for me, the Totoro as characters are probably my favorite mascots to come from a film. Or, I should say, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Um, standout characters. Because they basically became like a mascot for a lot of things Ghibli, especially in the West. Right, which is why I thought, you know, obviously since I was late to the game watching the movie, that's why I thought maybe the role that he played in the movie would be a lot more in depth, I guess. So yeah. maybe that, I think maybe that's kind of why I went into it, or why I was so disappointed because I went into it thinking something else. Yeah. Now I can understand, it's a short film for him, um, but... Compared to I... The Wind Rises, yeah. I mean, it's it's also a much better film than The Wind Rises. Ooh. I will agree with you on that one. I'm sorry, Scott. I remember Scott not glowing about the movie. I still, my, I still haven't decided if I like The Wind Rises or not. Uh, probably never will. Uh, so my neighbor Totoro. I mean, it's 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 honestly it's a hard movie to talk about because it's it's a it's a nearly perfect film. Um, it is a perfect film. It's 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 beautiful. Um, it's got it's. I think it's my favorite music of all the Miyazaki films. Honestly, it's got some great music, and the actual the English dub of the music is pretty good. I actually yeah. I think the G Kids one is also the Disney one. I, I think I've discovered okay. that. So I yeah, I've definitely I heard went both to Amazon. That. Yeah. Um, so I was wrong, but um, yeah, it's it's tough to talk about because like. You know, I know that like we 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 kind of touched upon like people tried to make Totoro the, out to be something a little more than it was, but I think that the in like the very basic is that the Totoro as the forest spirit is it you know if it represents anything it represents um, it represents the the Japanese countryside and it represents something that the kids needed at the time rather than anything more sinister or more concrete i feel like the whole movie is about 
um, just being children because even the granny says mm-hmm. like you're lucky to be able to see the spirits. I saw them when I was your age. I don't see them now. Yeah, like it's it's, it's about that we, innocence as a kid. Yeah, and it's it's very. I mean, it's it's comparable to um, a, a, a not as good movie, but um, uh, one that works in similar vein, which is um, uh, Ponyo, which which has a kind of a similar supernatural elements, but doesn't really have the a strong narrative to guide it. It's like the the existence of the supernatural is enough to carry to carry the film forward and and be to be something greater um i mean I, you know you could you could probably have some arguments that like hey do, you know was was that scene with the tree a dream i mean they both shared the dream right um was did the capus really save may or was she found um uh and then you know it just was kind of like an explanation but in their heads but it, like those all those kind of arguments or, or discussions missed the point is that it's yeah. it is just a whimsical fantasy uh that is attempt and it really is attempting to capture a very unique period in japanese history be- when the entire country had yet to modernize but was also recovering from the worst war the right. world has ever seen right and that's something that I took into consideration as well, um, considering, you know, the date of the movie. So I could see how something like this was, was really needed. It, well, yeah. And, and well, yeah. And and it's, it's very real, you know, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what Miyazaki's ultimate thesis is, but it's, I think that the fact that the kids can see these spirits, the sprites and, and the the Totoro's and all those moving into the countryside far away from everything. uh, It doesn't say where they moved from, but the father works at the Tokyo university. So likely they lived in the city. Um, And so that is a place where, you know, these kind of, you cannot be that close to nature and connect with these things. So, you know, he, it, it, it really, it really is, his way of re of illustrating his childhood and trying to capture a very unique moment in time. Now, now one thing I do want to, I do want to mention because uh, you can't, I don't think you can talk about Totoro with talking about the, the circumstances of its release um, because it is in a very early Ghibli film. It's actually the second Miyazaki film under studio Ghibli, but um my Neighbor Totoro was developed uh, the same time as Takahata's film Grave of the Fireflies. Uh, and it's, it's you know, Miyazaki and Takahata have had, throughout their careers, they worked together at, uh, um, I forgot the studio, but they worked together when they were doing um, uh, uh, Lupin, I believe. Um before before Miyazaki started making movies, but um, essentially, you know what what the the assignment was. It seems uh, the both creators said, "I'm going to do my best to create a movie that represents my childhood, my very innocent days." Um, and you know where uh, Hayao Miyazaki was born in 1945, so his childhood would have been one uh, of relative peace, right? In in reconstruction, rebuilding. Uh, Takahata was born in 1935, 
So the peak of his childhood would have been one of fire and death. And these two movies represent those two men's childhood very differently. Um, but it's it, I've never tried to do it, but the the way that these films were originally shown was at the same time. It was a double billing. Uh, they both came out, and the, you, you went to see them back to back. And I cannot imagine what it felt like. <laughs> To watch Grave of the Fireflies, Whiplash, and then and then it immediately pauses, and then you're treated to My Neighbor Totoro, and in that context, as like as like an artistic piece, it you know if if one represents what Japan went through during the war, then the other one represents both healing and recovery and a reconnection with what Japan really should mean, which is a very uh, down-to-earth spirituality and connection to nature. Uh, so that's that's kind of how I always placed it, at least within within what it meant to Miyazaki. But I, I think if without the context of Grave of the Fireflies, some of that is lost. See, I did not. I did not know any of that. That's definitely something. You know, it, it puts things into context for sure. So you always, Scott, that's why I like having you as a podcast co-host, because you always go a little deeper in these meanings and deeper into the context of a lot of these things. Me, I just want to be freaking entertained. <laughs> First off, there's only two things that matter. Is it good? Does it suck? Screw Scott. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, now I'm crying. He didn't mean that, Scott. Uh, he doesn't mean anything. Um, You're right. My life is meaningless. Goodbye. Christ, um, but yeah, uh, it really. It I'm leaving really the podcast. Is, it, I'm not. I'm, my life is meaningless. I'm out. It really is a. It really is quite a masterpiece, and a, something that's probably only comes around once in like a generation of of being able to capture, being able to be a film that's just really pure fantasy. Like, and and it it's entertaining to watch, even though very little happens, just because of of the bizarreness of it all oh i want to say something so when i took my sister's uh kids to see this movie um mm -hmm. i was really worried because at the time i think he was nine was the young boy not enjoying this movie at all i was like he's gonna hate this film he never looked away he he is one of those kids that's all about playing Call of Duty and those games on Xbox, and this movie captivated him. And at the end, he was like, "That was really good. I couldn't stop watching." I was, I was like, "I was not expecting that." Um, so I, I think that's another thing that makes me really look fondly on Totoro to be able to capture the attention of someone in twenty in twenty seventeen. I think it was um, that's used to just playing like violent video games and stuff like that, just to be like all into it. Yeah, that's really nice to hear. Yeah. Certainly is... Uh, well, I take it back. No, I actually did see this movie as a kid, but I never owned it, so it wasn't something that I... like. I only watched it once, I think. I think had I seen it when I was younger, I could have probably appreciated it a little bit more, to be honest with you. So, But I guess it is what it is. Yeah, it, it's like... It, it also... It has a different context between the two countries, too. Between... Japan and the United States, because in the United States, everything is even a little bit more alien. Um, where in Japan, you kind of are already primed to understand Shintoism and animalism, and 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 so you're ready to to fall into that 
kind of spirituality and the spirit of the forest. But um, when we're so separated from those kind of uh, religions here in America that it's, I think it's even more refreshing to see something that's so alien and yet so fascinating. Yeah, I've loved this movie for a long time. I When did it originally come out in the U.S.? Because I, I rented it on VHS not that long after. Don't I think it was fairly close to re- the original release because it was a Carl Masick dub. Yeah. So I probably didn't see it. Okay. Then I saw it early 90s because I didn't get into anime until 92. Um, oh, uh, at least in, in 93 here. So yeah, I probably saw it about 94 when it came to video on vhs is about the time i saw it in 94 because that's when fox released it on vhs and laserdisc which i'm pretty sure i owned it on laserdisc as well so the dub was actually done in 88 but miyazaki refused to have it released in the united states until 93 yeah it was meant for like something i was reading was it was meant for trans specific flights by japan airlines for the first few years yep so which hey good for them yeah Love that movie. It was great to watch. Like I said, uh, just see, watching the Japanese version and realizing that if I watch the dub, you're not missing out on like any real quality differences. I just want to reiterate that for folks. It really, this right. is one that doesn't really matter which way you watch it. It was nice. I liked, I, yeah. yeah, the dub that I watched was really, really well done. So, but yes, uh, that any, is. Any final thoughts, Shannon? Um, it was cute. I don't think I'd ever watch it again, but... <gasps> I'm just glad. I'm glad I've 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 watched it, and I'm glad I have the experience now. And I'm happy for the friendships I've made along the way. <laughs> I don't fucking what? know. <laughs> I don't think know. So. I think like like Mike said, it's something to it's in something to keep in your back pocket in case you're ever stuck with some kids. Yeah. This is true. It works well. Uh, hey, this has been the Otaku Interview Podcast. Uh, I've been Scott Spaziani from Otaku Interview. Uh, you can go over to otakoreview.com and read some writing that's old. Uh, you can go to twitter.com slash scottspaziani and read some writing that's new and uh, often, uh, you know, uh, attacks are boys in blue. Let's just say, let's just leave it at that. Hey, Kev, all day, uh, every day. <laughs> um, and uh, you could, of course... Go over to uh, Jeff Bezos's land of uh, stealing money from creators, um, aka Twitch.tv uh, slash Gundam Spaz, and uh, watch me play. Uh, well, watch me attempt to speed run Rocket Knight Adventures. That's what I've been doing recently. That's a good game. Is it though, Mike? Yes. What? Huh? Where are we? Oh, sorry. You can find me uh, at all the socials. Uh, slash G-N-I-T-R-O or if you are on Mastodon you can check me out at G-Nitro at Mastodon.social um, check out G-Nitro.com my website the uh, May 2022 monthly playlist is up and as always got to give a shout out to my friend Strawberry Station who created our intro uh, June 17th his album Smoothie Sounds comes out on vinyl via Pacific Plaza Records. So I just want to promote him there for people who may be interested in actually supporting him and owning some future funk on vinyl. Shannon. Fabs. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, the tweets. You can find my tweets, uh, Perfect Serenade. 
And you can read my webcomics, Lucifer's Ace, and I was a retired magical girl in Webtoon and Tippity Tapas. And that's it. That's me. That's 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 the show. Oh, Scott, what's your pick? You didn't say. Oh. 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 Oh, that's right. Uh, it's my turn. Is so there... you know, I, I looked at kind of, I looked at kind of the shows that we and, and films that we've picked lately. And I figure it's time to get back. Uh, it's time to get back to my uh, weeb roots, you know. And Nitro, I think you're going to like this one because I'm going to pick a, uh, a an anime television show by uh, the studio Kyoto Animation. Are you excited, Nitro? Because you should be. Not if it's Shoka. So this, I have seen that. I don't remember anything about it. Uh, this, it's about this. This or is Kokoro of Connect. course, of course, it's uh, it's a it's an anime about because it's Kyoto Animation, an anime about an adorable young girl who does get recruited by the military to become a child soldier. Oh, uh, oh. but don't worry, she survived the war. And only, but and only as a double amputee, right? Uh, and you know, uh, stunted emotional development, right? So maybe well, she'll get over <laughs> so Oh come on! She'll, she, she will be. She will be. Uh, she she decides to take a job uh, working for the post office as what what is described as a mechanical doll, in which she has to help people write letters to their loved ones, uh, and. Uh, and then, of course, you know, deliver them. This show is called Violet Evergarden. Cool. I've been wanting to watch it. This this is good. This is good, Scott. I that was that didn't even know that was Kyoani. Oh yeah, it's Kyoani. It is gorgeous. In fact, that's uh, I think the film was delayed because of the fire. So there is a, there is a TV show in OVA, and then the film, um, and then due to the the arson. Uh, that was like the last thing a lot of those people worked on, and it, it was delayed a little bit because of the, because of that. And eventually came out on Anime Planet. Why am I struggling to find this? I don't know. So yeah, I'm excited to watch it again. Um, I watched it when it came out uh, 2017, but um, it really, it really, I watched it like all in one sitting. So um, are we gonna cry? You know, I'm gonna cry. Um, God damn. It. But uh, it's really beautiful, and I think uh, I think you guys will like it. How moe um, is it? I mean, she's pretty moe. She's a mo. She's pretty moe. She's got robot hands, though. Okay, that doesn't. Matter. All right, so we'll uh, we'll try to get that uh, we'll try to get that review to you in a month. And uh, yep. hey, you have a have a good have a good rest of your week. I don't know. I don't know how to end this ever. Peace.